0: welcome to the Value Pricing Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wickersham. I'm a chartered accountant, public speaker, and value pricing expert. In fact, I'm obsessed with value pricing and helping accounting professionals get better prices, being more valuable to their clients, make more money, and of course, have more fun. That's why I've spent over two decades teaching accountants and bookkeepers how to value price their services. These episodes are recordings from my live training sessions, where I'll be teaching how to price your services, how to win more clients, and how to run a more profitable accounting firm. How do you reprice your existing clients? This is, uh, this is one of the most common questions I get asked and, and kind of the related question to that is, so Mark, how do you move people onto value pricing? And, and actually that bit of it's really, really easy because clients love value pricing because there's a, n- a number of things about value pricing that, that customers love, one of which is value pricing almost always means giving some form of certainty fixed price right up front, whereas we know from research that clients hate the old-fashioned redundant way of pricing based on time because they don't know what the cost will be, the price, until the job's finished. So customers actually welcome having that certainty. But also value pricing means that the price is related to the value. The more value, the the higher the price. Um, but it means that we're on the same same side of the, t- of the table as the client. In other words, we both want the same outcome. We both want to deliver as much value as possible to make as big a difference in the lives of the client as possible, because the more, the better the outcome we can get for the client, then quite rightly we can charge a higher price too. So both parties win. Uh, and also value pricing means that we give clients as choices and we we make sure that the solution, the price is based on exactly what they need. So they get choice. So value pricing is something that clients do welcome, but I think the bigger question and more important one is As you know, as part of moving from the old-fashioned way of pricing to value pricing, we should be charging higher prices. We should put our prices up. And there's two reasons for that. Number one is because as a profession, historically, we are way too cheap. We are underpricing. That's why most accountants, most bookkeepers work crazy long hours and not make enough money. So we absolutely should be putting our prices up. But secondly, if we're moving to value pricing, and if as part of that we are giving people a fixed price up front, then what that actually means is that we're taking on board more risk. We're taking on board the risk that by giving a client a fixed price up front, if we get it wrong for some reason, if we get the pricing wrong, if we, for example, end up making a mess with the work because we actually make some mistakes and it takes longer than we thought, then that's our problem we take on the risk that it takes longer. And, and that's, to me, that's only fair. Why should the client take the risk with hourly pricing, uh, with hourly billing, of having to pay you more just because you're slow? That's just crazy. It's unfair. So we have the risk. And if we're taking on board risk by giving a fixed price up front, then we can and should charge a premium price. And so for those two reasons, the fact that we're too cheap already, uh, secondly, because we're taking on board the risk by giving a fixed price up front, and thirdly, I suppose as well, if we're now adding more value to the client, we should also be charging a higher price. And so for all those reasons, we should be charging more. And so I think the real question people are asking me is not how do I move my existing clients to value pricing, it's how do I move my clients to value pricing and put the prices up, because that's the scary bit, that's the hard bit. So that's what we're going to cover today. And the reason why existing clients is harder, most people say to me, Mark, I can see how I can do this for brand new clients. Uh, and the reason for that is because with brand new clients, when you, if you see a brand new client tomorrow and talk about your pricing, they don't know how you used to price. And so it's easier to start with a, a, a new pricing methodology and higher prices with brand new clients. But with existing clients, your big problem you have is they know what happened last year. They were your client last year. And what you charged last year creates what psychologists would call a reference price or an anchor. In this case, I think reference price is more appropriate. They create a reference price. In other words, whatever your price is going to be this year, they will compare that in some way to what you charge them last year and that creates a problem because if you put your prices up then the worry is they're going to object they're going to say so why have your prices gone up so much it's because of that reference price there is another issue as well uh, in our profession something that we're afflicted by and that is we have this fear of losing clients because and i think it's there's a number of reasons for this i, I think it's all born from the the, the capital value model in, a, in an accounting firm, a professional accounting firm, which is a, a multiple of gross recurring fees. In other words, certainly in the UK, you would typically sell an accounting practice for roughly 1 to 1.1 times the, the annual sales of that practice, the annual revenue, or as we call it, gross recurring fees. And so I think that because of that capital value model, we are, kind of, we are obsessed with trying to get as many clients as possible because that's going to be part of our eventual exit strategy in theory and so we we fear losing clients but actually the reality is that unless you're in your first year of a business the reality is you probably already have too many clients most accountants most bookkeepers i speak to have too many clients that's partly why you're working crazy long hours you're crazy busy and the problem is not all those clients are good clients. You have some bad clients. I bet you've got some clients that you dread meeting, that always complain. They always moan. In the, U, in the U.S. and Canada, you often call them pitter clients, which stands for pain in the ass. And we all have them. And, and so if we have those clients, we really should be getting rid of them because life's too short. Life's too short to be dealing with people that we don't like. So we have this fear of losing clients, which puts us off putting our prices up. And yet, if you were to put your price up and reprice price your clients, uh, you are likely to find that if you lose clients, you're more likely to use the pitter clients, the ones that don't value, the ones that complain, the ones that moan. And so we should actually be welcoming the chance to cull our client base a bit because the, as i say it's, it's, it's that type of client is the what are the ones that are most likely to leave when you put your prices up so let's let's remove that fear the other thing is that i've learned and i've been teaching this topic for 18 years now in the profession what i found anecdotally from firms who have followed the process i teach is they tell me actually when we put our prices up and do things the right way we lose very few clients, and in some cases, no clients whatsoever. And and the and I think the reason for that, I think this fear of losing clients that we have. Partly, we should be actually welcoming losing some clients, but the reality is we we lose a lot less than we think when we put our prices up, because when we think about it, our client we're not in the transaction business, clients are not buying from us a, a buying a product once and that 's it it 's a relationship it 's an ongoing recurring relationship and they have an emotional investment in working with you they 've perhaps worked with you for many years and so it, and some of them perhaps even like you for heaven's sake you never know they might like you and so there's that because of that it 's hard for them to leave there 's a real value in that relationship that we never really think about but the client certainly values and so for that reason they um, they will stay when you put your price up. And also, and I've heard this many, many times that accounting f- firms have told me they've done the process. And sometimes I say, and actually the client said, do you know what? We kind of are expecting this. We kind of knew we were t- you were too cheap. <laughs> and that's the rea- reality. Many of your clients know that you are not charging enough, particularly the ones that have been with you for the longest. <laughs> they probably know that you should put your prices up. So it's not a big shock. So let's talk about how we do this. How do we put the price up? And the first thing I want to explain is essentially there's two ways that you could do it. Two ways. The best way is to have a face-to-face meeting. And I include within face-to-face a virtual meeting using a system like Zoom, GoToMeeting, Skype, whatever. But talking with the client face-to-face, that's always the best way to deal with pricing conversations. We should have it face-to-face, which, of course, we do with brand-new clients But we tend not to so much with existing clients. And the reason why is because the one problem we have with existing clients is we have too many of them. So, for example, with a brand new client, it might be you see one new client, a prospect, once a week. Well, if it's once a week, you have the time in your calendar to have a meeting with that prospective client. So, of course, you'll have the pricing conversation one-to-one with new clients because they happen once every week or two. But with existing clients, if you've got, let's say, 200 clients, then uh, that's roughly four clients a week. Uh, And so if you know that you're too cheap and want want to put your prices up, whilst the best bet is to go and talk to all 200 clients, big challenge. We ain't got the time in the diary. There's no time in the calendar. We are snowed under already. We have too much work. How do we go and meet 200 clients? And so... When we start this process of repricing our clients and moving them to value pricing, it's, it's okay to start with written communication. We can do that. It's not as effective as a one-to-one conversation, but we can use a written process. And I teach something called the contract renewal letter process, which is a structured process for renewing prices with existing clients. And I would suggest to you that what you do is perhaps you still meet with some of your clients and have that conversation, perhaps the ones with the most at stake, the ones that perhaps the biggest clients, the best clients that might buy more from you, but perhaps the smaller ones, and particularly if you've got small, um, and I don't mean by stature, I mean the size of their fee, uh, if you've got clients who uh, you do tax returns for, uh, and tax returns, if they're typically $500 on average, then it might not be appropriate or cost-effective to go and visit every tax return only client just to agree the fee you'd focus on the bigger ones okay so that's the first thing you've got to decide are you going to have a face-to-face conversation or are you going to do it in writing and writing's fine to get started but as you get better at this process you will discover that face-to-face meetings are much much more effective when it comes to the whole pricing process now i want to just share with you a couple of just quick stories i got just in the last few weeks two things came my way one was from A lady called Teresa Slack, who I mentor, and she shared just a couple of months ago in a mentoring session, she said this to me. She said, we're super happy as we use Mark's price increase letter and the cloud pricing software to reprice our clients and increase their prices for January. This is January coming. She said, we did seven meetings with our clients and all of them either bought more services or they agreed with the new prices with no concerns. And I get that story over and over again that people say all of them were happy. If we do it in the right way and we explain the value of what we do and we give them choices and options and things, because people value you and the relationship much more than you think, most of them will be happy. They might There may be a few objections, but in the main, they will carry on working with you. And so that's Teresa's story. The other one I got was from, this a lady called Jan Bodar. She's from uh, Arizona in S- Sedona, and I went to visit Jan. And she said this, she said, I cloud-priced, which I think means using the cloud-pricing software, I cloud-priced several existing clients last week. And this week, I got buy-in from all but one so far. The one that decided to go elsewhere is one that I was trying to find a way to gently say goodbye because he is a friend but didn't truly value my service. So Jan's hoping that one of them does go. Now, I met with Jan uh, after this, uh, and I asked her, so roughly, Jan how much were you putting your prices up by because obviously if you're putting your price up by one percent that's not a big deal but she said on average she's putting her price up by 20 percent and they're not leaving now just to put just think this through for a second i don't know how big your client base is i don't know what your annual sales are but let's assume it's small let's say it's 100 000. if you put your price up by 20 percent, and if you don't lose any clients which actually is very possible then even if you only got sales of hundred thousand a year If you can find a way to put your average price up by 20% that adds 20,000 to bottom-line profit which for when you do the math depending on your cost structure that can for many firms increase bottom line profits by 40 50 percent sometimes much more so the question then is how do we do that so let's let's explore that well I hope you're enjoying this episode so far and of course we're not done yet but before we continue If you're looking for more free training and help, here are three things you can do. First, connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me you listen to my podcast and I'll send you some links to some free resources. Next, be sure to visit my YouTube channel containing hundreds of training videos. Hit the subscribe button and the bell to get notified when I upload new content. And join my Facebook group, value pricing with Mark Wickersham and be part of a community of accounting professionals getting better at pricing. Okay, let's continue. So we've got a number of different kind of broad techniques that we can use. And, And the first of those I want to talk about is something called reframing. We have to use reframing. And that means what we do is we make it so that the client can't compare Easily this year's price with last year's price So remember the big challenge we have with existing clients is what I call the reference price last year's price creates a reference price And what happens and the psychologist teaches this whenever as a if we're a customer and somebody reveals a price to us What happens is our brains go away very often at the subconscious level our brains go away and make a comparison somewhere to see where that price is expensive cheap or about right Because that happens subconsciously and because we are not in control of their thoughts, um, very often their brain will conclude that's expensive. And in the case of existing clients, they will probably start off by comparing your price with what they paid last year. And if the price has gone up, their brain will say, okay, that's more, that's too expensive. So what we have to do with reframing is we make it harder. We frame the price in a different way, so it makes it hard to make that comparison. And there are all sorts of strategies that we can use under the category of reframing. Uh, in my full training, I teach, I think, 11 different strategies. But uh, we've got time for a couple of quick ones today. The first of those I want to just mention is a great technique is to express the price in a different way. Uh, and this, is, this all comes from some of the things we learn from price psychology. We express the price in a different way. And so one of the ways you can do this, and if you're an accountant or a CPA, this is particularly effective, perhaps less so if you're a bookkeeper because you might already do this, but I don't know. Let's say last year the price was 2,000, 2,000 pounds, $2,000, whatever. Let's say last year's price was 2,000, and you decide that having listened to this session, you want to, you want to increase your average prices by 20%. So what you really want is 2,400. If you reveal the price at 2400 the client will go away, make that comparison with the reference price, conclude it's gone up, and perhaps say that's expensive or too expensive. So what we do is we express the price in a different way. And a great technique is what I call chunk it down. In other words, we express it as, for example, a monthly figure. If we say to the client, this is what we're going to do for you this year, and it's £200 per month or $200 per month, That becomes harder to compare to the 2,400 last year. Now, this might sound like, no, that can't possibly work because what will happen is my client will just do the calculation. They'll take 200, they'll times it by 12, and that's 2,400. The reality is the vast majority of people don't do that, and there's some reasons for that. And if you're thinking, yes, but Mark, I would do that, that's because you're weird, That's because you're an accounting professional like me. I'm an accountant, just accountant. We live with numbers every day. We're comfortable with numbers. We might do the math. We might work out 12 times 200 and figure that's 2,400. But the reality is most people do not. And it's because, as behavioral economists teach us, we are so bombarded with information in this modern world that we take shortcuts. And the shortcut that we take in this instance is we look at the price of 12 times 200 and we judge it based on the 200 not based on the 2000 the 2000 last year we look at we've got 2000 last year 200 a month this year we don't do the math we don't question the fact the price has gone up so that's the first technique it's very very powerful and a huge amount of research in the last uh, 20 years now in the world of price psychology to demonstrate why this works to prove it works okay next technique i want to share with you is you want to, wherever possible, give the client a choice. Let the client choose. And this is important with value pricing because one of the things about value pricing is it's a fact of life that only the customer can determine value. So you might be, you might be sitting there fretting about, okay, last year this client was 2000 What shall I charge him this year? And you're fretting about whether it should be $2,100, 2200 Ultimately, only the client knows and can determine what the value of your service is. And so one of the ways that we can do that is by giving them choices and let them choose. It also happens to be a great way of reframing our price. So one of the ways that we can, and there's lots of ways we can do it, but one of the ways we can do it is we can use the technique I often teach called menu pricing. And what I mean by menu pricing is we create different bundles or different packages. Some people call it bronze, silver, gold. Some people call it good, better, best strategy. Technically, it's versioning is the proper name for it, versioning. I use menu pricing. But it basically means that, let's say last year, they bought your bookkeeping service or your tax return service or your annual accounts, annual financial statements, statements, preparation service, and they paid you, a price, £2,000, for example, $2,000. This year, what we do is we give them some options. We perhaps create a bronze, silver, gold. I call it menu pricing. Menu pricing is powerful for all sorts of reason, and you should use it wherever possible. But it's also a great technique of reframing, because what we can now do as part of menu pricing is we can say, okay, what we can make sure we do is give them three choices, three packages, And ideally, what you want to do is make sure that neither of those packages is exactly the same as what they got last year. So there's no direct comparison. We make them slightly different. And as a general rule of thumb, as a starting point for you, consider making your entry-level one or your bronze similar to last year, but strip some stuff out. There's probably stuff you do that you don't need to do or the client could do themselves. And therefore, you could have an entry-level service, which is a bit easier for you, and that really helps you, as I'll explain in a second, Where if you're worried about losing clients. Then think about some more things you can do to add more value, some things that you know the client wants from your conversations with them. So things that you think the client would want, and you build them into a middle package, and you make the middle package as attractive as possible. By adding in things the clients want and value, but low cost to you, And then you get a premium package, and that premium package is you build into that things that perhaps the client says they don't want them, but you know those things will make a difference to their life. Some extra tax planning, some extra management advice, business advisory advice, or whatever. Things that you know that will change their life for the better. And then you create three different price points, and you might decide that your entry level is a price that's last year's price plus perhaps 5% for inflation. The middle price, you make it, let's say, 20% higher, and the top price, make that 30, 40, 50% higher. And what I'm told time and time again is that when you do that, and as long as you explain the benefits of what they get, many of your clients will actually choose the middle option or even the most expensive one. In other words, they will choose to pay you a higher price. It's not you enforcing it on them. And if you're worried you might lose clients, they can always choose the entry-level one, which is the one that's similar to what they got last year, but a bit less stuff. So you so you give them choices, and they will pick the one based on what they what they value. And more often than not, and there's some science behind this, but most of the time, they will choose the middle or the top one and therefore choose to pay you a higher price. I've been teaching this for 18 years now, and... What I find every time is people say to me, when I use this process, I lose very few clients and I increase my average price by 20. Sometimes, In some cases, I've had people increase their average price for their entire firm by 30%. Okay, so that's, that's a couple of strategies under this kind of umbrella of reframing. So let me look at the second broad area of strategies, and this is what I call framing and communication. Now, don't get confused between reframing and framing, they're two different things. What I mean by framing now is the way that we communicate the price rise. The words that we use are critically important when we communicate a price rise. So let me give you a couple of ideas, one of which is the more advanced notice that you give your clients about a possible price rise the less pain they feel let me just give you a quick example then i explain how this works and why it works i a little while back i saw a social media post and amazon put up the price of amazon prime by 20 percent, and they sent a message out to all their amazon prime customers that said dear prime member Thank you for being a valued member of Amazon Prime. We're writing to you about an upcoming change to your membership. The price of the annual Prime membership increased from $99 to $119 on May 11, 2018. Your renewal on June 10th, 2018 will be at $99. The new price will apply to your renewal starting June 10, 2019. In other words, 12 months later the, the price rise right, for the existing customer now this was posted by a, a wonderful lady I I, I know I, I met several times at QB Connect her name's Linda Russell and when she posted this on Facebook I grabbed a copy of it because I thought it was interesting what she posted on Facebook to her friends of which I'm a i am I guess a friend of Linda's she said Amazon Prime just ensured my brand loyalty They are holding my prime price at $99 for one more year before raising it yay which is interesting because essentially here here we've got an, an Amazon customer who is effectively delighted that she's getting a 20% price rise, okay? which doesn't make any sense. Well, actually, it's not the 20% price rise she's delighted about. She's delighted because it's being deferred for 12 months. But, it, but the bottom line is they're putting the price up by 20%, but we now have a happier customer because of that price rise, if that makes sense. And so what happens is, Nobody, no customers like a price rise, but what happens is we, we feel the pain of a price rise today more than we feel the pain of what might happen in the future. And so if we give our clients notice, and, I, and we shouldn't do 12 months, by the way, that's too long, but if you give the clients notice and say that we're going to be reviewing our prices in three months' time or, or whatever date you choose, and I think two to three months is sufficient, by telling them up front and by also we can even tell them how by how much and we can then use similar to amazon prime we can explain why we're deferring it for them and because of a loyal customer and so on what happens is we create more loyalty people don't feel the pain so much because this price rise isn't going to affect them now it's going to be a future date and then of course what happens as that future date appears uh, approaches when it does eventually arrive and they then have to pay the higher price They've now got used to it. It's not, a sudden, it's not a sudden change. It's not a big pain because they've got used to it. So that's a strategy of the way that you frame and communicate your price rises. Consider how you could give some advance notice. Another strategy you could use is one I, I call you've been listening. Let me explain what that means. We should consider ways to give the client a reason for the change in the prices. But one of, the things we should, one of the things we should be careful of, we shouldn't tell the clients we're increasing prices because of our costs increasing. We can do that, but much better to focus on the value and the benefits in all the correspondence, in all the communications. A general rule of thumb, when you're communicating a price rise, then you should be focused on the value to the customer, the benefits. Keep your communication focused on benefits and value, not so much on the price rise. And one of the ways that you can do that is using a technique I call, we've been listening. And so you would use a turn of phrase, particularly if you're using, doing a written form of communication. I teach this in the contract renewal letter process. And this is what Teresa Slack's story earlier. She said this, this helped her to get all her clients accept the price rise. So one of the things we might do is say, we've been listening to what our clients have been telling us. And that does two things for us in our communication. Number one, it demonstrates to our client that we care about clients because we listen and we make changes and we should be doing that. We should be, we should be getting feedback from our clients and we should be acting on feedback. So we've been listening says that we care, but there's actually another reason and that's something called social proof. It's one of the, the six major laws of influence taught by Dr. Robert Cialdini. And what that means is in society as humans, We tend to follow the crowd. Most of us follow the crowd. There are a few people who are pioneers that go their own path, but most of us are a bit like sheep. We do what other people are doing. We look to other people and we judge whether something's the right action or not based on what others are doing. It's why, for example, so many of us now buy from places like Amazon because let's say you need to buy a brand new washing machine. I would guess that if you're like me, you'd go onto Amazon and you'd straight away search for what has got which ones have got the best reviews the four and the five star reviews and then what i look for is the ones that have got the most so if i've got two washing machines with four star reviews one has been reviewed by three people and one by three thousand i'll be thinking well the three people they got that that manufacturer got their their spouse and friends to review but the three thousand i'm gonna go with the majority and buy that one we follow the crowd it's, it's called social proof we copy what other people are doing so By saying, we've been listening. We've been listening to what our clients tell us. And our clients tell us that they want more from us. They say that, yes, it's great having the bookkeeping done and and the compliance work. But many of our clients have been saying to us that they want more. They want us, for example, to help them reduce their taxes. They want us to help them increase their profits, help them to grow their business, help them to increase their cash flow. Help them to put in place software systems that will make it more efficient to do their admin and their bookkeeping. And so we've been listening to what they do, and what we've been doing is we've been repackaging what we do so that we can do more of those things to help you to build a more successful business. And then what we do is we go into our menu pricing and we talk about our three options, and we make sure in the middle and top one we've built in some things that are going to be of more value. Now the reason that works is because it may well be that the particular client you're talking to or the person that's reading the letter. They might have been happy for years with you doing the compliance work, and they never thought of you as being somebody who could do more for them. But when they read, and it's the social proof kicking in, when they, you say, we've been listening to our clients, and many of our clients have said to us they want more, our clients have been telling us they want us to help them grow their business, help them to increase their profits, and so on, then the person reading that is thinking, do you know what, if other business owners like me are looking for my accountant or bookkeeper to do more of these things. I guess they're a good idea. I'm now interested in some of those things. I'd like to know more. So when you then present your different options and your middle and top one, have some of those other things in there, some, some ideas to help them their, improve their cash flow, increase their profits, or whatever it is that's your your passion, your expertise. I know some bookkeepers, QBO pro advisors love helping clients with apps and stuff, which is great as well, a big opportunity. So when you plant that seed by saying other clients just like you are saying they want these things and we've been listening, we've been changing the way that we do things. And so we communicate it in a way that increases desire for other things because of social proof. And it also means that we can then use that earlier strategy under reframing of making sure we now create our packages which have those things in so they now can't compare to last year's price. Yes, it's a higher price, but they're getting more for their price, or at least the perception of greater value for the price. So they are some really powerful strategies that you can use to communicate Price rises with your clients. We have strategies that fall into the category of reframing. That's making it harder to compare the new price with the old price. And also strategies around the area of framing and communication, the words that we use to communicate a change in price. And when you do these things right, you will find that you can put your price up by 20%. I've had people say they've managed to put their price up by double the price, sometimes three times, sometimes four times, for doing essentially the same thing but just the way they communicate it. And communication is so critically important. So let me leave you with one final thought in this session, and that is how often should you change the price for your existing clients? And my very, very strong advice is that as an absolute minimum, you should change your price every 12 months. Sometimes it might be more frequently that, and there are reasons why you should change it more than every 12 months. But as a minimum, it should be annual. And so whenever you agree a price with anybody, if that's for bookkeeping, for example, then make it very clear in your agreement that it's a 12-month contract, that you renew the price every 12 months. You want to do that because two reasons. Number one, one of the things as a profession we are guilty of, I've met so many accountants and bookkeepers who are perhaps being paid monthly, for example, or they have their hourly rates, but they've not changed them for four, five, six years. And the trouble is, if we don't change our price for four, five, six years, because of inflation we can find very easily that after four or five years, we have to put our price up by 10, 20% just to be in the same position we should have been <laughs> with, um, you know, had to just to get back to where we should have been to be the same level of profitability because of the fact inflation's been eating away at our margins, our profits. So we should do that because it's, it's much easier to put our price up every year by 5% than to wait every three or four years and do it at 20%. So it's easy to do small price rises on a more frequent basis and the other reason you want to do that is because what happens is if you increase your price regularly at least annually what happens is you train your clients to expect that just like there's certain suppliers that we know the price changes every year if you're in the uk and you get your your water rates bill or your council tax bill or whatever it is, you know that at start of every year you get a letter and they've put it up again and it's no big shock. It happens every year. We know it's going to happen and there are other suppliers that do the same thing. So from the customer's point of view, we get to expect it. It's not a big shock. Okay, so that's some strategies for how we reprice existing clients. Well, that's all for today's episode. If you want to learn more about value pricing, you can join my Facebook group, Value Pricing with Mark Wickersham. It's a community of thousands of accounting professionals. If you want to take things to another level, you can enroll in the Value Pricing Academy or one of my other academies. Find out more when you head to www.wickersham.co.uk. Members of the Value Pricing Academy learn how to price better, how to master business advisory, and how to build more successful and enjoyable accounting firms. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Value Pricing Podcast. See you soon.